an apartment building on the lowlands just south of Melrose, right around Fairfax. So we got a great show for you. It's called The Long Shot. And on this episode of this show, we got information about a party where there were a lot of babies and wives. Lots of shit about comedy. It was Alex's birthday. A little bit of something about business school and a very special guest by the name of Rita Piazza. Now give it up for this episode's host, Jamie Flam. Hello and welcome to another exciting edition of The Long Shot. It's a podcast and um, wait, I'm going to start again. No, I don't think. I think that's perfect. No, 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 no. I had some big aspirations for it. (laughs) That was good. Jorge says that was good. Yeah, let's let's just keep going. All right, I guess we'll keep going. Make it organic. What was your aspiration? I don't know. Just more uh, enchantment, I guess. Hi, I'm Jamie Flam. I'm going to be your host this (laughs) evening. I'm not normally the host of the show. It's usually Sean Conroy. Sean is out, presumably at a show where he's performing for other people, which leaves me as the host. And my guest, no. Oh, you were going to say like lovely assistant. I was going to say sidekick, (laughs) but you're not a sidekick. And our co-host, Amber Kenny. Hey, how you doing? I'm so good. How are you? I'm good. I, um, I don't know. I guess, I guess this isn't too like touchy feely because I'm looking at a shelf full of crystals, but Mm -hmm. there's a good like mellow vibe in here tonight, right? But where that, that vibe wasn't here in the past. Maybe not. Maybe it was a me thing, though. There's a great mellow vibe. We have a lot of great people in the room. The lighting is perfect. (laughs) Sean's already shooting himself in the face. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I was going to burn some incense. I forgot to do that, too. Oh, that would be the cherry I got some great, great new incense, too. What are we talking? Nog Champa? No, Nog Champa is your industry standard for (laughs) uh, incense, but I got some stuff over at the uh, flea market a couple weeks ago. Uh, The names of them were like Love... Um, oh, money, yeah. uh, money. I feel like that's the opposite of incense. Well, wealth. Why? Why? Because um, if if your values are to, I don't know, chill out and burn incense, <laughs> like you're not a Wall Street guy inherently. <laughs> oh, I think that there's we're talking about a lot of stereotypes now. Yeah, we are. I'm sure there's a lot of guys on Wall Street who burn incense. I mean, there's a whole scene in The Wolf of I, Wall Street. I feel like they're like um, Steve Martin has played characters like that recently. Like what? Like a Wall Street guy that's you with incense? like a ponytail who does like yoga, but is still. Uh, I think I'm thinking of a specific movie, Baby Mama. Oh, Baby Mama! I did not see Baby Mama. Give us your quick review. It was fine. Your free, quick capsule. <laughs> it was fine. What's the premise of Baby Mama? Uh, Tina Fey wants a baby. And uh, oh, right, right, Amy right. Poehler has a baby, and she doesn't want it. <laughs> and hilarity ensues. <laughs> yeah. Best scene, worst scene. It's it was like six years ago. I have no idea. Okay, let's move on. Um, we so could keep recapping <laughs> movies. <laughs> we could. Movies are great. I encourage everyone, all of our listeners, go to your local cinema. A lot of uh, online outlets play movies, have access to movies. I saw the newest Muppet movie. Okay. Uh, Muppets Most Wanted. How was that? I loved it. Again, I don't know if I was just in a great mood when I went into that theater, but I loved it so much. Is it getting like bad reviews? I hope not. I haven't heard anything about it. (laughs) I just, I think the Muppets, like the first movie I ever saw on my third birthday was a Muppet movie. 
So I have like a sentimental thing. But the last Muppet movie I liked, mm-hmm. but it wasn't amazing. This made me feel all the feelings. The puppets were just doing their thing. Well, and it was inspired. <laughs> yeah. I like referring to the Muppets <laughs> as puppets. <laughs> I mean, that's when they are. I love those puppets, man. <laughs> the Muppet puppets. <laughs> the Muppet puppets. Those are the best puppets. When it comes to puppets, the Muppet puppets are hands down the best. But like, it was also kind of inspiring for Liquid Feet. Because it's sort of what we do, where it's like a good dance number, but a bad dance number, but a good dance number all at the same time. Oh, you quickly reminded me. So I did the Tiki Tugboat show. Oh, yeah. Well, we've talked about this. But just very quickly, I got two phone calls from my family, my mom and my sister, this week being like, can I talk to you about something? Oh, no. (laughs) And both of them were like very pointed reviews (laughs) of my performance in that show. Like to the point where it was like, we have to talk to you about this. Like we normally love what you do, but... They're just, you know. What were their problems? Did they have the same problems or were they different problems? I don't know. They th- they didn't get that it was supposed to be. When I perform now, I own that I'm like going to be cheesy, mm-hmm. and it's kind of winking. This is bad, mm-hmm. but I but I think it's smart bad. But I also know it's really bad. So uh-huh. it's, it's it's a very layered. <laughs> it's a very layered it's like hacky a comedy. Layer <laughs> but that apparently went over their head. And to the point that, that we're, they were just like worried about you. Being... Where I had to question it because I told them I was like, you know, I was fine with the show. I loved the show. I got nothing but good reviews right. for the show. But now I'm thinking that I have to rethink everything. We didn't appreciate it. Yeah, that's rough. Anywho, back to those <laughs> Muppet puppets. Uh, <laughs> no, 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 we don't do that. So, checking in. Ooh. It's the name of the segment. So let's start with you. Why don't we check in? What's going on in your life, Amber? Uh. Lots of stuff. I went to Riker Bogue. My friends Eric and Mary had a baby. Riker turned one on Saturday. Riker Bogue? Mm-hmm. Riker Ridge Bogue. Is the name of this human? Yeah. <laughs> oh, wow. <laughs> and uh, it was in a park. There was, uh, it was like in the morning, thank God, because it was so hot on Saturday. There were cupcakes that had like different sports stickers on them. There was a big football cake just for him to eat with his like paws. Big. He's a huge baby. Um, Are you a baby at one years old still? Yeah, Yeah. definitely. (laughs) You're not a toddler at that point? I mean, I think you're toeing the line. Got it. (laughs) Literally toeing the line because they're they're starting to walk. So their toes are on on lines. Continue. But uh, at this party, I had a great time. It was lovely. But I realized um, I went with my boyfriend and we were the only, I know, right? (laughs) Uh, We were the only unmarried people. Mm -hmm. Like, um, how many people are there? Tons. I was like, I need to get Riker to start promoting my shows. Um, I want to say like 40 or 50, but that's a lot. Yes, a lot of people. And you're the only ones that were not married. And there was lots of babies. I guess the babies weren't married, but I didn't. And I'm sure there was some babies, some toddlers. Yeah, there's some kids. Some, yeah. But uh, like this this lady, girl, woman, female, I don't know why I'm having a hard time choosing a way of describing her, but um, she came up to me and Jeff uh, with her, what I thought was boyfriend and was like, I could tell that you guys don't have kids and we didn't have kids and we thought we should hang out. And I was like, totally. They were married and she was pregnant. Like, oh, I feel wow. like that's cheating. Yeah. You're not allowed to be in the single kids club. No. So what do you talk about? We were just like, yeah, it's weird that we don't have kids and they all have kids. Because it's true. When you hang out with people with kids, it's all about like 
oh, is she eating yet or whatever? I bet there were a lot of pregnant pauses. (laughs) (laughs) See, Mom and Julie, I am funny. Okay, continue. But uh, at one point, a little girl walked by. Mm -hmm. The four of us childless people, two of them were cheaters because they were pregnant. But um, this little girl walked by and was like, hi. And her big sister like pushed her out of the way and looked at us all terrified like, don't talk to them. They don't have kids. <laughs> like it, We had an aura about us. Well, to be fair, you were wearing cloaks. Right, right, right. And we were flipping off everyone and listening <laughs> to rock and roll and doing drugs. What kind of drugs? We weren't doing drugs. Okay. But uh, those cupcakes, though. It also was weird at a function like that to introduce someone as my boyfriend. Like it felt like, like I was 12 or something. Why? Because everyone else had husbands. So what? Mm. You got to own it. They're all envious of you. Do you realize that? Yeah. Because um, I've watched plenty of sitcoms and... Grass is always greener. Exactly. No, yeah, it wasn't making me, like, die to have a baby. But What, it just what about ma- a husband? Uh, maybe. I just got to look from our guest. Maybe I'm treading some weird <laughs> water here. But it was just, uh, it was like a weird alternate universe because... I hang out in circles where nobody is married or has kids or maybe one person. And this was like exact opposite ratio. And it's like, oh, yeah, that exists. Mm-hmm. Just a reminder of different and worlds. And most, most people. Right. Yeah. Like, I'm the weirdo. But you're not the weirdo. No, I mean, I mean it positively. I know. I'm embracing it. You're owning it. Yeah. But it was, it was fun. Uh, and we'll talk about, well, actually, this is a perfect segue into okay. a new segment that we have on the show. <laughs> When Sean is away, <laughs> the raccoons will play. So we have a new se- a segment on the show. Um, it's called Thought for Food, <laughs> where we talk about our favorite foods, uh-huh. um, some alternate names for the segment, um, Nom Nom Fantasia, <laughs> Destination Yum, uh, Now That's Tasty Corner, <laughs> and I Love Food So Much Park. Dot com. Dot com. <laughs> um, I'm going to put it out to our long shot listeners Email us your favorite of those titles, and we'll make sure to bring it back. Mostly so that Sean reads those emails and is like, what the fuck? <laughs> I think Destination Yum has the best ring to it. What was Nom Nom Fantasia? Nom Nom Fantasia, yeah. It's pretty. By the way, I just discovered, I'm 37 years old, Flamtasia. How am I not using that in all sorts of social media screen names? <laughs> it fits in with your whole enchanted I know. Thing. I think that'll be the name of my first album. Flamtasia. What's your album going to consist of? Um, 40 hacky jokes that (laughs) will be reviewed poorly by my family. (laughs) And it'll include your family's review. Exactly. Um, So as far as my checking in, are you done with the family stuff? I think so. I feel like I had other things to say, but... uh, Loose ends to tie up? But, well, uh, actually, I would love to know. I mean, how were the cupcakes? They were delicious. Oh, my God. Um, Mary's mom flew in from... Uh, Louisiana, and she made a bunch of quiches that were dynamite. Oh. So I just basically sat and ate an entire quiche Nothing by like myself. New Orleans quiche. But yeah, everyone else was like <laughs> talking about babies. I was like, give me more quiche. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, also, oh, my friend Tim showed up with his wife, Melissa. And he's like, oh man, Ooh. look at looking at all these babies. I bet all the all the childless ladies just started ovulating. And I was like, you mean me and Melissa? <laughs> and he started sweating immediately. <laughs> and how can you tell I'm ovulating? <laughs> uh-huh. Well, that sounds like a lovely time. It was super fun. 
And um, the kid is huge and beautiful. I don't know if I have a friend bias, but he looks like a Gerber baby. He's perfect. Oh, the Gerber. I mean, for years now, they've really set the standard mm -hmm. in a lot of ways for a beautiful baby. <laughs> Much in the same way the copper tone. If anything, that Gerber baby gave a lot of babies body issues. Mm -hmm. Speaking of body issues. <laughs> oh, Jamie yeah, we, we presented a, f a food that may <laughs> and then didn't. Oh, I did. I talked about the quiche. It was um, a mushroom and spinach quiche. Okay. And there was also a cheese and shrimp quiche. Oh. Get out of town. Are we talking a ricotta? Are we talking a. No, just like a cheddar. A cheddar? Mm hmm. Cheddar and shrimp. I don't know. Maybe I'm wrong. <laughs> but, it, <laughs> but it wasn't feta. I don't think anyone's going to be doing any fact checking unless they got a time machine and a whole lot of curiosity. There's also a fruit salad. So what kind of fruit Cupcakes. salad? The fruit salads were a medley of berries and mm -hmm. kiwi. I'm Well, in my recent snacking news, we had Dave Attell at the Hollywood Improv <laughs> this weekend. News. Dave Attell, by the way, is one of the most the sweetest guys I've ever met. He's so fucking funny. He not only just comes and, and you know sells out two shows at the Improv. He uh, both nights bought pizzas for the entire staff. Oh, what kind of pizzas. pizza are we talking about? We're talking, I think, <laughs> six cheese. I believe Wait, six. Six cheese? No, that's too many. On Saturday night, I swear to God, we had six cheese, two pepperoni, so and like two hodgepodge. Six cheese pizzas. Yeah. I was thinking a six cheese pizza, and I was like, oh. name them right now. Yeah. <laughs> it was actually six types of cheddar. That's why I was shocked. Like, six <laughs> cheese pizzas isn't that yeah. crazy. <laughs> um, and also just bags of candy. There were just, like, bags of, like, Hershey's miniatures and, like, uh, Reese's peanut that butter he cups. Brought? Yeah. He picked them up at CVS. That's sweet. That's, That's like, a good, like, class mom thing to do. Yeah. And David Tell, you know, he's he's known for just being um, you know, on the the darker side. Drinking at night. Um <laughs> like fifteen years ago. <laughs> <laughs> right, that's right, fifteen years ago. Um but so that was nice. And then what other snacks? So yesterday, woke up at eleven AM. Sleeping in. I did sleep in, but usually on a Sunday when I have the full day to myself, which is, which is very rare, I fucking will eat some food. Watched 14 episodes of Sons of Anarchy. 14? And then hate my life. But yesterday, I was at Target by 11.30. No, first I, I got a smoothie. <laughs> and it was a like a, a berry, kind of a berry blend. Um, it's called Mental Miracle. Um, there's dates in it as well, I guess. I don't know where the mental part is. I'm going to wrap this up real quick. Hold on. Lori <laughs> going to puke. <laughs> I know, um, if Sean was here. You know what, Sean's not He would have flipped the table already. But um, I was at Target by 11.30. Um, what did you get at Target? <laughs> this is becoming <laughs> very boring. stretching this out. Uh, floss. <laughs> uh, two types of floss. Um, some uh, all-purpose uh, cleaning spray. All right. Some paper towels. All right. You know, I'm actually going to ditch this segment. I, the, the purpose is I, I got a ton of shit done yesterday. Nice. And I felt really good about it. And I didn't stop. And I cooked a ton of food. I have all my meals for the whole week ready to go. So I'm feeling pretty good. And then finally today, I was invited to uh, check out the, the Tavis Smiley show. Oh, right. And with special guest Mel Brooks. Oh. So three hours ago, I was shaking Mel Brooks' hand, telling him hello from Bud Friedman. He was like, that's great to hear. And got what a picture. A dream. 
So that was a dream. I mean, that guy's a true legend. And what an inspiration. How did you get involved with that? I know a girl that produces on that show. And I guess you know a lot of people now. I know so many people. I'm what you call in Hollywood. A mover and a shaker? I call it a mover shaker. <laughs> with a dash in between. Who has the time? <laughs> um, and then I was going to do the whole thing about being a fully expressed human. But we'll save that for another time. <laughs> I don't um, want to express it. Um, we're going to end tonight's uh, checking in segment with a very special guest. Uh, we have a special birthday boy. Come here, birthday boy. <laughs> Our intern, Alex, who's been with the show for what? Two years? Three years now? Three years. Doesn't get a lot of mic time. So this is your big opportunity to shine. First of all, happy birthday, Alex. You're stoned out of your fucking brain. <laughs> not really. Not oh, you're not really. Not that much. Get closer to the mic. Yeah. Okay. You Happy birthday. Right? How was your birthday? How did you celebrate it? Good. Uh, just drink. Drink a little bit. <laughs> That's what I did on Saturday. Just hang out with some friends at a, a beer garden. Okay. That's what you typically do at a beer garden? Yeah. Good conversation? Spirited conversation? Yeah, it was mostly about work. Oh, oh it was like work friends? <laughs> but then, yeah. Well, no, they were... I hadn't seen them in a long time, so I guess work is kind of what they're up to because everybody's so busy at work. Sure. They don't get to see each other, and so that's kind of what was on everybody's mind, I guess. Great. Yeah. And so how old are you now? 26. 26. It's a, a good baby. age. Baby boy. A little young child. Still figuring <laughs> things out. Bright eyed. <laughs> I love this photo of a baby here, Jamie. Oh, I guess I do have a photo of a baby. It says Frank's a lot. It's hilarious. The, the is baby's that name baby is Frank? Frank. I figured that out. His name is Franklin California Stoyer. Whoa. Wow. And you made fun of Riker Ridge? <laughs> Riker is... No, Franklin, California. I didn't understand the name, um, but he was born um, at the intersection of Franklin and California in San Francisco. I thought that was... Like the really Wiltern. Cool. Yeah, like the Wiltern. Wilshire and uh, Western. Yeah. Wow. And, um, Happy birthday. <laughs> <laughs> but back to your birthday and... Um, um, what um? <laughs> what did you put? Is there a product in your hair, or is that a? No, I just got a cut yesterday, though. <laughs> okay, looks great. You have a what? What you could express anything right now. What would it be? Anything. Be specific. <laughs> You're telling him to be. I know. I the irony, right? I'm happy to be here around people. Yeah, about pe around people that are. I don't know. It makes I feel like I belong right now. At work, I don't really feel like I belong a lot. Oh, yeah. So yeah, it's lonely. So here, I don't. I feel you, like I you feel oh. like like right now, you feel like you belong. Yeah, I do. That's great. That is great. Any follow up questions? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we didn't even talk. Um, I know, Amber. We, we can get into this. So, um, at twenty six, uh, what have you learned, and and what uh, nugget of wisdom? Would you want to learn? What do I want to learn? Ooh, that's a tough question. You've been maybe. talking about going back to business school. How's well, that yeah. going? Well, I'm done applying, so I'm hopefully going to go back this to school. This segment is called Your Dad Talking to You at Thanksgiving Dinner. <laughs> no, I'm, I'm excited. Hey, Alex, I'm stuffed, I'm full. I couldn't eat another bite. <laughs> What's for dessert, right? <laughs> That's yeah. a bad dad So joke. business okay. school. <laughs> so back to business school. You started uh, doing some research online? Uh, I'm done applying. Yeah? Jamie. Yeah. <laughs> You're done applying. So now yeah, it's the waiting, waiting to hear back, yeah. Yeah. Do you want to hear a dad joke? Yes. I do. Okay. <clears throat> do you hear? Uh, do you hear what happened to the the two thieves who stole a calendar? What? They got six months each. <laughs> That's cute. That's, That's a dad enough. joke. <laughs> um, you know? Do you hear what, about the two thieves that stole a calendar? No. Oh, what, what happened? 
the one, more aggressive one got nine months, and the the, the less aggressive one got three <laughs> months. Do I? Have I like to do that. One? Yes. <laughs> Did you hear about the two thieves that stole a calendar? No. No. What happened? They totally got away with it. Oh, oh man, <laughs> that's the. They got twelve months. Oh, and great uh, opportunities to mark. They got uh, a cannon. What's there. coming up? I hope they're marking the interviews for jobs. <laughs> Time to take a break. <laughs> Before we go to break, Alex, sure. while, you're, while you're sitting here with us, uh, do you have a nugget of wisdom or something that you would impart in your 26 years here on Earth? Um, I guess it's just to start, yeah, get out there, like really go for it. Because I'm just it's now learning how important it is to go for it when you when you really want to do something. So yeah, just getting out there and doing it. And for you, is that going to business school? Is that you're going for it? Well, I feel like that's just getting more important. That kind of that education is important for what I want to do. What do you want to do? Uh, I want to go more into producing, independent producing. Movies? And, yeah. Well, Fil- everything films? mostly. Films? Yeah. Cinema? Films. <laughs> the kinema. Yes. <laughs> so I want to get in that direction, but I need to, I need to work more on the, the business part. Or he's going to kill you if you don't talk to that mic. I feel like I am. I'm sorry. <laughs> no, I think it's the drugs, but you're not on drugs. <laughs> <laughs> I, I feel like you didn't even want to mention that. No, I don't think he's on drugs. I'm just not on that He bad. had a margarita at lunch. I also had some wine right <laughs> now. I know when someone is stoned. That was an hour ago, Jamie. You well, got stoned an hour ago? <laughs> <laughs> Somewhere on there. Well. Okay, get out of here. Dude's buffed a doobie or two. <laughs> I'm not stoned. That was an hour ago. <laughs> oh, it fades away by that long. For me, I, if, if I get high, especially in a bad way, I'm fucked for the next five to eight hours. Wow. Staring at myself in a mirror, questioning every life decision I've ever made. That sucks, man. But like in a good way. Did you guys talk about yeah. mayonnaise yet for things that Sean doesn't like on the podcast? No, I don't like mayo either. Oh, then I don't either. I guess I'm indifferent. Like I mean, I think it could really spice something up. Occasionally, I'll have light mayo on a sandwich. And... <laughs> <laughs> I'm not actively pursuing mayo, but um, <laughs> if it springs up in something. <laughs> the face you made when I said that was the funniest thing in the world. Me? Yeah. <laughs> you were like. <laughs> <laughs> um, but I was at a restaurant. My mom like fell over because I had light mayo on a burger. She's like, you've never liked mayo before. I don't even know you who you are. You are not my daughter. She fell over. Yeah. And I was like, get up. <laughs> <laughs> Let me help you. <laughs> Speaking of helping you, um, Alex, thank you for uh, celebrating your birthday with us today. Thank you, Jimmy. And Amber. <laughs> um, and on that note. Laura keeps making fun of us. <laughs> He's texting everybody. He's texting He's everyone. He's playing Sean. Um, <laughs> we'll be back. Uh, we'll be back right after this with a very special guest. Very special. Very special. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Hey, I'm Nick Kroll, and you are reading a transcript of the Long Shot Podcast on Satellite Radio. <laughs> All right, we are back. This is the Long Shot. It is a podcast, 
and it is available uh, for download and listening. <laughs> How do you keep promoting the podcast? They're midway through. That's true. <laughs> and somehow you found a way here. So welcome. We have a very special guest. Um, she needs no introduction, but I will introduce oh, her. Jesus, Jamie. Rita Piazza. Rita, I've known now for four years. Mm-hmm. More than four years. Five years. Yes, yeah, you've been my baby. And well, Rita, why don't you just let's, tell us who you are? Oh my oh, wait, no, God! I, 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 I need no introduction. Now I'm gonna fucking introduce myself. <laughs> <laughs> um, I'm I'm living and breathing the improv for the past twenty years, and I've never done a podcast. And I love you, and I'm starving. And you said that there'd be wine here, so There's I picked wine. up a Slim Jim and some crackers. <laughs> and Jame, I'm here with you, baby. So let's talk. Oh, so, so Rita is now the general manager at the Hollywood Improv. Mm-hmm. And you've been at the Improv for 20 years. Yes. And that includes how many years at the Tempe Improv? I started at Tempe right out of, um, I went to Arizona State, and I was actually on an acting scholarship. And I played uh, Kate in The Taming of the Shrew. Oh, rad. And I was a very good Kate. And I received Best Comedic Actress in 94, and the Improv came to me and said, hey, we want you to be in a, in a touring group. I said, what the hell is the Improv? Because uh, I had, you know, some, I was never starstruck. I didn't have that bug, you know, that I see so much now of that desperation of, you know. You just liked to perform. I loved it. I loved the theater since I was a kid. I did it since I was a kid. And I said, sure, I'll give the, they said, we want you to do, we want you to do a troupe called Running With Scissors. And it'll be a bunch of boys and you. And so we did sketch comedy and I didn't know what the improv was, but I had a blast and I said, hey, I'll pick up some extra money and wait tables. And then within about four months, I was assistant to the managing partner because the bookkeeper quit. I said, shit, I can do that. And then I have found this amazing merger of the two worlds. And so how long have you been at the Melrose? Mm, I got to Melrose in 1999. So you're so excited because you've seen everything. And, you know, I've been doing comedy for 12 years, but Mm -hmm. I've learned more in the last four or five years than all the other years combined. Mm -hmm. And part of that is because of you, because you've seen so much. Well, I think part of it is because something that you share with me, Jamie, is um, obviously it's a business, but this is not a job to me. This is a lifestyle. You know, I grew up with Pablo Francisco and living with him and being with him since he was an opening act and... Now he's, you know, done very, very well for himself. And um, this is a lifestyle for us. And it's something that we love. And I really love this little place. And we, and together, and I saw that passion with you. And I think we want to protect it and, and find all, the, all the, the future for it. At the same time, protect the past. And I think that's why, you know, people are like, oh, you, you've been there so long. Well, it's just because I was lucky enough to find something that I really love. You know, I, I was listening to Birthday Boy. Talk about <laughs> this, who is he? Is he high or is he not high? <laughs> Jury's still out. I know, we love him, but he was talking about business school. I thought, God, I love that passion and he's looking for something and I have the right to say, my Jesus, I really found something I love. We all bitch and moan about our jobs, but and you know I get grumpy at work, but the bottom line is I can't fucking believe I found this job. Can you imagine me at a bank? Fired! <laughs> Amber, where Amber, you did you work at a bank? I do currently. I was at Bank of America in 91. Fired! <laughs> well, after I was robbed, it's where do you work? It's insane that I'm not fired. Where do you work? <laughs> I'm 
at a bank. B of A? No, no, oh, no. Oh, she can't say the yeah. bank. Okay, I was but, at B of A and I was robbed, so I quit. Go ahead. <laughs> I, I've i never been robbed, knock on wood, and I would definitely quit. But right now, I'm not in a branch. I'm somebody's assistant, so I... It's kind of a cake job right now. Yeah, the branch is something. Let me tell you, but the branch is no joke. And yeah. I worked at a time. Listen, I'm like, I'm fucking 80 years old, but I did. <laughs> I worked in it, and it was in Arizona. But we didn't have the bulletproof glass. The bandit barrier. Right? And now I'm, you know, I'm older, and I'm smarter, and I've seen some violence, and I've seen right. some shit. I'm like, I cannot fucking believe that we used to stand out there right. with no glass between us. I know. With thousands of dollars. With thousands of dollars. <laughs> I thought when you were going like, to talk about I the bank more. When I first was a teller, I don't know about you, but when I first was a teller, I was, it's like the brokest I've ever been in my whole life. And it was such like a really bizarre dichotomy to be like, I don't know if I'm going to make rent and I'm like starving and then being like 2,000, 3,000, 4,000. Like it was so weird. I remember looking at the balances of people, their checking accounts balances, not because I was going on my own, but you know, they'd be up there. Can I have my balance please? And I'd be like, $672. I'd be like, Jesus, she's rich. (laughs) (laughs) That was like my number one thing. And but, all the people with the most money fight for the $2 fees. Oh, that's the, how they're rich. That's how, that, and you learn from that. Mm-hmm. That's why I'll never be rich. Like, I'm like, oh, I'll pay for parking. It's kind of inconvenient. Like I, I, I'm the same way, too. <laughs> Fuck it, here's valet. I don't oh. want to drive around and Fuck it's it not is worth it. Mantra. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck it, I'll Three buy a $14 buckets. smoothie. Yeah. Mental miracle. Was it $14? No, no, I... Jesus Christ! No, but it could very it could yeah. have been a fourteen dollars smoothie. Where'd you In get this it, neighborhood. Jane? At the place right by our club. by our club. Yeah, um, liquid. It was eight fifty. <laughs> <laughs> but I, that's the, the twenty four ounce, or like that's the bigger one. And how did you feel after you drank that smoothie? I actually, I, I was just talking about. It. I had such a productive day. Did you? I don't attribute that to the smoothie per se, but <laughs> I know that but we're, not gonna, hurt. we're not going to. We're not going to. Talk about the smoothie the whole episode. No, we're not. But but why was it called mental whatever? Was it supposed to give you brain power or was I it like a joke? Because it makes it's you want to buy it. <laughs> well, because I guess the, the ingredients are supposed to stimulate neural functions. I mean, that's what it says. Meant to stimulate neural functions. Is that even a thing? <laughs> neural functions. Everything it's stimulates neural functions. neural functions. That means you're smelling, seeing, tasting. It's anything happening in your With brain neurons. is a neural function. <laughs> uh, okay. Also, I'm a scientist. Oh. <laughs> I know what I'm talking about. I don't. I love getting older. I'm watching you guys. I'm like, you know what? This is part of the process of getting older. I'm like, oh, look at them. They're, the kids are buying $8 smoothies because it's supposed to <laughs> fucking help his psychosis neutron. What? <laughs> that is genius. I didn't know it was psychosis. Um, so, Rita, <laughs> hosting. I am hosting right now. Yes, You're doing Jamie. a great job. Thank you for inviting me, Jamie. I'm really excited to be this here, This is guys. so much fun. Yeah, it's, it's, we should have done it sooner. Um, so a story that I tell a lot of, I just tell it all the time, is the time where, uh, maybe you can elaborate, but the, the story of um, you, I think there was a night where there was only a couple people in the audience mm-hmm. and you didn't know oh. what to do. Tell that story because it's, it's so key. Well, this sort of, it is. That's a perfect, it is key. It's... Um, it kind of encompasses everything that that Bud has taught us. And it was when I first transferred in. And at that time, we were owned by a corporation uh, called Al Copeland Investments. And they were new to comedy, but they were Sounds very... Sounds funny. 
It was, yeah, it was, talk about it. All right. It's, we were a comedy club that had this outside investor right. that didn't know what the fuck comedy was. But right. God bless them. They, they grew into it. But, see the statement. But they did. Yeah. They wanted to see labor. And so they were trying to teach me the balance. And they were teaching me labor costs, labor costs. You got to cut here and cut here. Mm. And I was a fucking kid. I mean, I came straight from Tempe and uh, I, I just wanted to be at the Hollywood Improv. We're open seven days a week. What's going on? There's a bar in the front. Holy shit, Jerry Seinfeld's been here. It's just a whole, right. the whole idea of it. And they were on top of me about labor and I was really struggling. And it was a Sunday night and literally, Jane, there had to be four people in there before the show and a whole lineup of comics. And I remember getting really nervous thinking, oh my God, I'm supposed to cut. Am I supposed to cancel this show? And my boss at the time... Now I can say it. He was an alcoholic because they fired him. And he <laughs> borrowed $3,000 from me after two weeks. Anyway, Alco, my old boss, he wasn't available to talk. So I called Bud. And I said, Bud, there's like three people in the audience. Am I supposed to pull this show? I'll never forget. He said to me, Rita, <laughs> does church ever close? He said, does church ever close? Wow. And he was trying to be funny, but he wasn't trying to be. He was, he was teaching me. And it was in that moment I go, holy shit. Okay, obviously, you know, we're not at Vatican City, but I understand. This is but the church. This is a church. There's a couple of churches of comedy. There's several, actually, as the store. But we're one of them. And we're proud of that. And he, that kind of lit the torch where I said, wow, there is something to protect here. Well, I, <clears throat> when I, especially when I'm talking to young comics now, I always tell that story. You tell it much better than I do. But, um, you know, when you're in a room, and it could be any comedy room, whether it's a, a, a club or a bar or a small theater. But really, I, I started thinking about the parallel between a comedy show and a church or a temple or some sort of service. At the end of the day, it's someone with a microphone speaking their truth. Mm-hmm. And that's what good comedy and good art is. Someone speaking what they believe in in one way or another. And sometimes it can be very lowbrow and sometimes it's very highbrow. But um, that's the potential of every show is a room mm-hmm. is church. And people in a good show, they're learning as much as they're laughing. And um, and things they don't understand and things they're not, un- they're not comfortable with. And- yeah. And they're connecting and ultimately connecting with, with someone. And that's the power of a good comedy show. So when I tell, tell young comics that, mm-hmm. it kind of heightens their awareness of what they're doing. Like when I'm going up there telling that shitty joke about bagels, there's a lot of b- shitty bagel comedy right now you know, <laughs> <laughs> on the underground. Are but, you um, on a bagel like swing? Yeah. <laughs> well, when I look back, you know, in the couple of years that I was doing a lot of stand-up, I definitely was not going into it thinking that I was in any way... Um, you know, at a church service, but um, right. that you have that um, opportunity every time you grab a mic to really affect change in other people. Well, it, it is, well, not only changing the world, but I think it's uh, one thing that, that I'm, I was thinking of when you brought this up is nine 11. It was a Tuesday. I remember when nine 11 happened and obviously we were, it was beyond comprehension. And I remember at the time, uh, we closed that night. We did close the 11th. And then the 12th, we thought, what the hell are we supposed to do? And Bud told me they need it. And so we opened on the 12th. And people were with their heads hanging. I mean, you remember, you guys were 
I'm sure mm-hmm. you guys all remember. You're much younger then. Um, but people's, you know, faces were hanging low. And I thought, my God, this is a mistake. Why are we open? We should be fucking closed. It's, you know, one of the worst times in the history of our country. But as soon as the show started... People were responding, and they were crying, laughing, and they needed it. And I thought, wow, that really turned a page for me. I thought, God, this really is very profound, mm-hmm. um, what, we're, what we all are doing. Um, sometimes it's silly, and sometimes it's not quite working. But, I mean, I think the intention is there. And when, it really, when, we need, when it's needed, it's there. Yeah. Do you remember who performed that night? God, Jamie, I, do, I wish I, I did. It almost doesn't even matter. It doesn't. I'm just we, curious. We just, I feel like Fed was there. I feel like Wayne was there. Betterman. I feel like he was. I love him. We love Wayne Oh, Betterman. he is the best. Wayne used to play Def Leppard on the piano for me. When I would close at 2.30 in the morning, I'd kick everybody out but Wayne, and I would just be exhausted picking up all the shit. He would play Def Leppard, pour some sugar on me, and photograph on the piano. <laughs> Who gets that kind of shit? That's actually, He's that's a, a jump. Interesting. You've been there for so long. And, you know, in my few years there, I've seen so many insane things happen on that stage, especially late at night. Beyond. You never know who's going to walk in. But is there like a, a couple of things that stand out as like the most epic? Oh, I don't know. Night? Epic's a big word. But I think some of the one of the best ones I remember is we had a full room and Jerry came in. Seinfeld came in and he was doing time on the stage. And at the time. Uh, Michael Richards, his daughter, Sophia, she worked for us. She was a, a server for us. He made her work, and she was wonderful, and we loved her. And Michael would come in in this trench coat, c- try to cover his head, and you can't miss him. <laughs> I mean, he's, the way his body is and the way his posture is and the way his, he's so wonderfully sweet and um, very, very humble, but he would try to hide, and he would you know, kind of spy on his, on his daughter but Jerry was on stage. Michael came in and said, hey, I want to. And Jerry didn't know he was there. And he says, I want to go on stage and, and surprise Jerry. And, you know, obviously, we, if somebody were to walk on stage and Jerry Seinfeld was there, we would tackle them. Right. And, you know, but Michael grabbed a beanie, one of those stupid uh, yarn hats. He grabbed a beanie off one of the server's head and pulled it way over his face. So he kind of looked like he was going to rob <laughs> rob, so, rob a convenience store and he tiptoed on stage while everybody was fixated on jerry and he he kind of crept on stage looking like he was going to hurt him and jerry's looking around at us like where the fuck are your doormen hey he was trying to <laughs> smile when he was looking and, and then michael he was facing the brick wall he turned around the whole audience felt very uncomfortable you could tell all they were all thinking oh my god what is going on where is security and then Michael turned around and pulled the beanie off of his face, and you saw, you know, a Kramer come out. <laughs> and the place went fucking bonkers. I mean, people broke furniture. <laughs> <laughs> they <laughs> broke furniture. And I remember Jerry looking at him, just this um, unbelievable, you know, two meetings of minds. Oh. And, and all Zach Galifianakis, Brody Stevens. There's a ton of them. Sarah. Um, lots of epic moments. You know, Zach popped in on, on Saturday. Yeah, it was great. Last time, uh, Zach used to be there all the time. With That's the most beautiful part about this. And Jamie, as you're there longer, you'll feel this. Is, there's a sense of pride because you see our babies pop. And I will never say that, you know, Sarah and Zach, that's a bad example. But like, you know, Adam Devine and 
Nick Swartz and you kind of, you, we grow old with these people. We grow up, we see them poor, we see them rich, we see each other marry, we see each other divorce. But um, Zach is, was, he's always very, very quiet. He was at the, he was at the shows a lot. Him, Sarah, um, Louis C.K., Louis was there a lot. And they would write and they would perform. But Zach coming back, he, we had a, a shoot where they were, they were interviewing him. And this is just maybe last year, year and a half ago. So it was during the day. And they said, oh, the handlers, you know, Zach's coming in. And he had all these handlers, these big fucking agents. So I didn't know who the fuck they were. And they were waiting for him. And I was just sitting upstairs going, oh, man, it's Zach. Just relax. And he came in. And they were all, this big commotion around him, pulling him in to do his interview. And I just kind of crept down the stairs. And I looked through the cracks because I didn't want to interfere with anything but we caught each other's eyes and he literally he goes Rita and I I looked at him and I go hi puppy and I came running down I gave him a hug and we kind of went so he goes how are you and I just I just looked at him and I'm like are you okay because that's that's what that's what happens when you see these these amazing artists you know uh go to the next level and they've been working so hard and now they can't put fucking gas in their car without being photographed. It really is amazing to watch. And I just, that's all I had to say. I'm like, are you okay? And he goes, I'm great. And we hugged really quick. And one thing he said to me, I was walking over, he goes, hey, how do I get spots here? <laughs> <laughs> and something that he doesn't know. We have no Jamie's spots. email. Go. I don't know. I go, get the fuck out of here. But I found um, an email. I cannot erase it. It's from years ago. God, probably... 99 around that time where Zach wrote to me and he said, Hey, Ray, how's it going? Just wondering, can I get that $25 check from a set? Cause we used to pay everybody through the mail and he was looking for a check. I go, Holy shit. This is gold. How awesome is that? Yeah. But that's part of the whole process that I love so much. You know? Well, we had, um, last week, John Panette, the great mm-hmm. comic passed away and we had a memorial. And those are the, the moments where I'm at the improv and I'm, <clears throat> reminded of the history and like you can't escape the history i'm there every night i'm like this is insane and the big names are popping in but a night like that where yeah all these huge hard. comics are going up and talking yeah. about john and you forget the family and these cl- the club mm-hmm. um is such an integral part of of the family of comedy yeah it is part of the life and you start losing a man that john was we talked to him you know a week before and you know everybody goes on the road, and but it is very much like a family. And when we lose them, it's you know to see everybody up there speaking. And I think what's great, what's so great about the comedy sec- section of the entertainment field is it's big enough, but it's just small enough. Mm-hmm. It's just small enough, and you know to see his manager up there, he's never been up there, and there's just this touching moment of yeah, we are, we are all doing this together. And it goes beyond show business, you know. It's, I mean, they have to do, we know, the comics are doing it not because they, not just because they want to, it's because they have to. Because what the fuck else are they going to do? Yeah. I Um, mean, this is on like a very way smaller scale, but even just, um, I've noticed how much comedy is a fraternity on my level, which is mm -hmm. way less than. But I can, if I see someone at a bar that, we've been at the same open mic. 
Like we will be friends. We will hug and we will talk to each other. We've never hung out before, but it's like instant camaraderie. But that's really important what you're touching on because that's something that I have talked to young comics about. It it is it's a brotherhood, and mm-hmm. I don't know, you know, guys, I'm not a I'm not a feminist. I'm you know brotherhood such a whatever. I'm just a person. It's a brotherhood, and I've told young comics that are assholes to each other or they're just dicks. I say, look, maybe you can write. Maybe you're not going to be able to act, but you can write and this kid over here can act. Right. You're all in the same class right. and you're going to pull each other up. I mean, look at Apatow and Sandler. You, right. pull, you help each other. You pull each other up and there is a camaraderie there. And that's key because everybody helps help. Everybody helps each other because the guy who's who eats shit on stage, but he's got fucking great jokes. He's going to end up producing the biggest, you know, next sitcom. Right. He's going to produce it. He may not be able to perform in it, but he's going to write it or he's going to produce it. Mm -hmm. So everybody just needs to stick together and you're right. So I'm glad that you're embracing. Yeah. Well, and it's fun um, because like you said, it's big, but it's small. Mm -hmm. It feels like if I didn't do comedy, I would have five friends, you know, but because I do comedy, I've got like an limitless amount of friends. Like it's hard to go somewhere without running into somebody I know from comedy and again it's not best friends we don't like sit and have lunch and talk about our hearts and our feelings but like we're happy to see each other like Jamie and I we sit in the office we talk about (laughs) we fucking our office geez well that's so interesting because you guys talking about girls oh my god we talk about farts we talk about <laughs> girls we talk about de- we talk about the most racist craziest shit <laughs> whoa, whoa, whoa. well no i'm not saying but that's interesting jane what we t- what's safe in our environment is very different than what's safe in the out in the out environment like we're just light and funny we're like light i and could funny. tell a mexican joke and what's gonna happen <laughs> Jorge's glaring at you <laughs> he's no, he's, i mean it's, that's what's the beauty <laughs> that's the beauty of this business um, actually, well, listening to you guys talk, um, it seems like right now there are more comedians than ever before. And I think it's partly with, through the internet and the explosion and there's so many, it, it's easier to figure out how to do it before you'd have to really like, now you just Google like open mics before right. you'd it have just, to like, it, took, you'd have it, it to, was harder to find them. But I'm, exactly. I'm curious to know, maybe you have perspective. Is it that drastic? Yes. It, it is. Okay. It is. It is. And I'm not. I'm just going to say that, you know, when I first started, I remember picking up, oh my God, I remember Jimmy Fallon was a feature um, and he got lost and they lost his luggage and I picked him up at a Texaco because he couldn't find the club <laughs> and he was almost in tears and he had a troll doll on his guitar. <laughs> and so I, I brought my, my boyfriends uh, at the time, I went to his house and I took a bunch of his clothes. I'm like, listen, my feature act. He has, doesn't have any clothes and he got lost. And so I brought him to Jimmy and he stayed at the comedy condo. Do you guys know what a comedy condo yeah. is? In LA, you really don't yeah, have them. Yeah, but I've but, heard legends. Oh my God, you guys are disgusting. And I used to have to clean the comedy condo every Monday. It's where Ugh. it's not. It's where the headliners don't stay. The headliners are, that pass a certain point, of course, they have hotels and everything built into their contract. Well, before you get there, you stay at the comedy condo and there's condoms and semen and <laughs> you know sweat ball sack sweat just disgusting and i had to clean it every monday and that's where the, the that's where the feature act stayed i remember fallon stayed there i remember when george lopez used to stay there because he would drink 
on Thursday night, and I used to have to take him to radio every Friday at five in the morning. I'd take everybody to radio, and George did radio, <laughs> did fucking four or five radio stations every Friday morning. Not just George, all of them. Um, Carlos, uh, all of them. And George didn't have a television show, but he had been on the road for 20 years and been killing it for fucking 20 years. And then Zach as well. And then they pop onto the mainstream and people are like, where'd this guy come like, from? Yeah. Oh my God, he's new. Where did this fucking guy come from? Well, fuck you. He's been doing this for since you mm. were in Bobby Socks. <laughs> it's the craziest thing. But now I feel like there's a shorter distance. Right. If you just get the right thing on YouTube. So I think we're going to find out what happens. In 15 years, when these kids just don't have the legs. Not all of them, but the majority of them are not going to have those legs that are going to have the longevity to keep them around for two decades. Well, we were talking about that earlier, and it's true. I see it more and more. If you have a good seven to ten minutes, that's enough to get you on Conan, get you on late night. And that very quickly... Um, you know, can give you an inflated sense of where you're at in But comedy. also, don't you notice that late night sets sort of mean less than they used oh, to? Oh, for sure. Okay. Oh, are you kidding me? If you used to get on Carson's show, it was, it was like over. you were made. Yeah. Over. And now it's, now it's not, I'm not like discounting anyone who's been on a late night show. It, that's an amazing accomplishment. But it seems like it's not like overnight you're a star or anything. No, it's just one. Well, it was just, just the, an, the ratio. There was a difference in ratio. Mm -hmm. I mean, you're talking about when you made Carson before. There's so many shows now. And I do think that people just have more opportunity to expose themselves. And I don't know if that's bad. I just think that um, they're not taking their time. And, you know, comedy is not easy at all. You know, how many times, Jamie, come on. How many times people come up to you and say, oh, my God, my friend's so hilarious. You have to see him. I have forgotten more about that than most people can remember. Oh, yeah. But it's not easy. And, I mean, I told you guys earlier, I'm fucking hilarious at parties, but getting on stage <laughs> is a completely different ball game. So I'm interested to see what happens. I do feel like, I said this earlier, I feel like the industry is kind of circling back because there, there was a time where I didn't see a lot of them in the clubs, but now they're coming back and kind of getting to that grassroots of feeling it, seeing it, smelling it, seeing the work because, you know, you're there every night. You see these comics coming in and they work their jokes over and over and either changing one word or the, um, they can change uh, the inflection of uh, onto one word and, and change make a minor change in and, and the joke changes. I wish I saw more of that with the young comics, that craftsmanship. Um, I think there's a whole new generation now. This is kind of a whole other topic, but <clears throat> so many comics, because there is so many comics um, that are going up in the small rooms and it's kind of a um, perpetual, um, a lot of bad habits that kind of happen over and over again. Mm -hmm. You keep doing the same jokes for the same people and the same crowds and the same other comics. And then when they when I do give them that quote unquote break at the right. improv for a seven minute set on a on a weeknight, that um, they're much more prone to maybe bring notes on stage or um, and forgetting that um, it's more than just um, that the small room and playing to your friends and playing to the small community. Like if you want to make it, you know, when you get on that stage, like you're, this is about bringing it, mm -hmm. um, and this is about like yeah performing, and that's what I, I want to see more of from the young generation is performers. Um, anyway, that's, and working it and tape your set, please tape your audio, tape your set. It drives me crazy when these kids come in, well, what can I do different? What? And I love giving notes. And sometimes I'm, if they, it's up to them. If they want it, 
I'm not saying my my opinion is worth a shit, but if they want it, I have it there for them. I'll say, are you audio taping your set? I have literally probably purchased in my past 20 years at least 30 uh, Dickie audio, audio audio recorders for young comics because I'm like, taper set. Why? Are you kidding me? No, I mean, Pop now... still tapes his sets. You know, you're making... You 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 want to hear in 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 every time it's your briefcase it's it's everything to you when people don't audio tape their sets to hear how they're doing and hear how their jokes are performing and it blows my mind. Yeah, well, right now with iPhones and yeah. smartphones, there's no no couldn't excuse. be easier. Yeah, to go through every single set and, and well, and I've talked about it on this show too, and this is another thing I tell all young comics is, you know, the idea of um, connection versus validation. And being able to look, and instead of asking yourself, why didn't the audience like me? Just looking at your jokes is, why did this joke not connect or connect? And then analyzing that. And then that gives you a little bit more to work with when you're trying to figure out what you're doing. It's not about the audience liking you or it's about... Well, and that's funny that you're saying this, Jamie, because that's a very, something I'm very passionate about is I was telling you guys earlier is every Tuesday back in the VHS days, I would literally go home with 20 to 30 tapes every Tuesday and watch them. Because you had to put them into, put them into the thing. Just awful, you know. Back in the in the prehistoric days. But this is what's interesting. I would watch tape after tape after tape, and some of the comics, their material was fucking hilarious, but nobody was laughing. And then another kid over here that was telling nothing, fart jokes, yeah. or you know, easy jokes, whatever. I think they're too funny. So let me drink. No, they are hilarious. I do love a great fart joke. <laughs> it's I really, really do. But I, I was try, I was asking myself is, what the hell is the difference between these two? And I finally came to the very simple equation is, this kid is not asking me if it's funny. He's telling me that it's funny. And just the delay, because he's believing in it. You know, if, if he believes it's funny, and it really is a tone, and you see it every day, is, is there's a difference between a comic that's asking the audience if it's funny or if he's telling us that it's funny. And it seems very, it's hard to really put your hand, put your, put words to it, but that's the best way that I can mm-hmm. describe it is just kind of believing in what you're saying. I think a lot of people, especially in both ends of the spectrum, think that there's almost a hacky um, way of delivering it as a quote-unquote club comic. Um, and there, there, there certainly is. You know, there, there's people... You're very kind, almost a hacky. It's hacky. <laughs> but there's, but it, it's the subtle difference of having passion and really just caring about what you're saying and believing in it. And, then why, and if you don't believe in, in what you're saying and not passionate about it, then why are you saying it? And... Yeah, I think that, that that so many comics would uh, totally, you know, rework their acts if they started thinking about that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. I went to a show in a small room, one of the small rooms you're talking about last yeah. week, and uh, there was a guy on stage right when I walked in, and it was like a dead room, and he kept, he was like mad at the audience for not laughing, but before they weren't even laughing, and... I don't know. This is all like a lesson for me. I'm not saying like I'm better than this guy, but he would like say punchlines 
And in my head, I'd be like, oh, that's interesting, but I don't really understand what he's <laughs> even saying. And then he would turn at the audience for not laughing. Right. And I like, I wanted to laugh. Like, walk me through this, baby. Like, just just help me out because I don't know what you're talking about. And so I was like, oh, maybe it's just like a dead room. The next guy goes on stage and is like present and connected and hilarious. And it worked. Destroyed. The whole room came to life. Right. And I was like... Ah, I don't know. It was a big lesson for me. And again, I don't think that I, um, it's magic. Yeah. It's it's such a big difference, but also to, to, um, to be defensive before, like, like we all wanted to laugh. I could see everyone. We're like, we want to be with you, but But you're you're such a dick and blaming it. Yeah. You're (laughs) refusing to let us come along. And then you're mad at us for not being Mm -hmm. along with you. So I don't know. It's interesting. So I know what you're talking about. Sort of. <laughs> I'm you working totally on it myself. Well, I think there's other clubs, and I won't mention those other clubs, but they're almost taught to be combative. You know, it's, it's a very us versus them. <laughs> you won't mention. There's like two other clubs. <laughs> no, let me swoop in on that. I think let's talk about that. Um, I am very, I am a huge fan of the store. I really why, why do you bring up the store? Right <laughs> on. No, but it's it's pretty cool because I think this is look. There's only there's two of us. <laughs> there's two in L.A. It's a store and it's us. I mean, let's know. Let's. That's where the history is, and I think that this is what's so great about the whole situation is, is it's like it's like a family, and if you're a mom and dad, you know which kid you can leave at home over the weekend that you're right. gone, but they're, they're still, they're, they're just as smart as each other. But I see the store is like <laughs> the fucking, the kid who will light that. He'll, he'll, he'll be smoking pot <laughs> behind the water heater in the basement during Thanksgiving, <laughs> but he's a fucking genius. You know what I'm saying? But you're not going to leave him at home when you leave town. <laughs> and then, but the comics need both. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, I know they come into our house, Jamie, we're like, be on time, watch a leg, go fuck yourself, keep it clean, do it what you can. <laughs> But they need both, and they need that freedom. They need that cocaine motherfucker Richard Pryor doing it on the in this night. You know, they need both sides, and I think it's awesome that both that we can give them what they need because they need like discipline. They need and discipline, freedom. but they need to be free, and they need mm-hmm. to be. Well, I just, I mean, I, I I just have so much appreciation for the store, and really just the entire comedy scene in LA, because they're able, people are able to get up. I know, but some of the places were like, and we know it. Well, of course. <laughs> but, um, you know, and I talk about it on this podcast, you know, like, you know, people bugging me for spots constantly. And oh, my God. I went and visited him at the Improv once, and people were visiting him like he was the godfather, and, like, Please. kissing his hands. It was so, I was like, I only know Jamie as my friend Jamie. Mm-hmm. Like, I was like, what? It was so funny to me. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, you because know, they see the future in your <laughs> eyes, and they do, and then they do. But they don't realize. And I, I, I was looking at the schedule for the next two weeks because I'm getting requests. You know, I have bosses too that like need to get this person up. Right, like, and you probably have have a specific. And the next two weeks are such a good example of just like I don't have spots. Right. You know, this is a great week at the Improv. <laughs> we have a Saturday. Be interesting. Pepitone. Pepitone. Uh, who is our, the fourth I, member uh, of this podcast? Do- oh yeah. my god. I didn't know that. Hi, Andy. He's one of my <laughs> favorites. He's on Saturday. Followed by Gallagher, which I can't <gasps> tell you. No, let me tell you. I remember my cousins went in the 80s to Gallagher, and this is what pisses me off because, guys, you know what? This this business is about history, and we have to pay reverence to those guys because when we talked about Gallagher 
there were some young kids. I don't even fucking remember their names, but they were talking some shit. And I literally just, I'm getting to the age now where I can see, and I just go, here's the deal. He has forgotten about more money than you will ever fucking remember. And he was doing this when you were still swimming in your dad's nutsack. So you need to fucking shut up because that's the thing. And then two weeks later, Jamie, you're like, hey, really? Gallagher's going to go, what is going on? It's awesome what he's done. Oh, well, I put I put a joke on Instagram or something, but I was like, sometimes I just book for my dad. But right. I remember my dad giving me Gallagher like VHS tapes yeah, when I, I was totally eight Gallagher. years old. James, do we have to put do we have to put tarp down? I don't know yet. Shit, I wrote to Aaron. I need to ask Aaron. Hey, what the fuck do we need to do? But Pepitone, Gallagher. Well, and then I was talking about the, looking at the rest of the week. We have a, a live podcast with Kevin Smith, mm-hmm. a live podcast with um, Graham Elwood and Chris Mancini with Doug Benson, right? And we have so many of these like you know not stand up shows. And then a couple of shows that I don't book, and a, a, we have Talking Tunes on Tuesday. Right. So if you look at this week, if you're a comic and you sent in your avails, you're like, I think Fuck Gordon it. Hunt's on Tuesday too. With I don't even know who that is. If I saw the name on the marquee. Oh, but you're saying that people would be like, oh, fucking Jamie doesn't want to book me. But and it like, wasn't if you look even, at the there schedule, wasn't anything. Impossible. I literally yeah. have zero zero spots. And that happened. I mean, that's more weeks than not. You know, like, mm-hmm. I'm yeah, booking. because I get some of the more seasoned comics sometimes that'll come up and be like, hey, what's going on? <laughs> And I'm like, listen. Wait, who's that? <laughs> I, I'm not going to. Off air. I'm actually really good at impressions and I'm not going to try not to be. Well, you know, they give me a hard time and I say, you fucking, do you know how many people? We have so right. many. And, you know, I think the bottom line, line is, James, is people know and cheers. They know that we love it. We're doing the best that we can. <laughs> I've got nothing to do with anything. We're doing the best anything. that we can. <laughs> And no, we book what we can. I've heard nothing but like, uh, I mean, I don't know anything, but, <laughs> but Jamie, like you were saying, is passionate about comedy. Mm-hmm. And so I feel like comics are super stoked that. He's oh my the God. Person. He's the first. I've been yeah. through a lot of bookers and Jamie, I will be proud to say is my find. Nice. You were. Well, what's the, what's the, so the, the thing is you and I worked with each other. You worked in a very. When I first started this podcast, we started this podcast in 2010, and it was my personal rock bottom. I was, I just, uh, <laughs> you sent me your, your resume. Tell me was, about your rock bottom. Sorry. Well, no, my, quickly, my rock bottom He's was. He's had a lot of rock bottoms. No, this was it. <laughs> no, because we're talking about the resurrection here. It is in the this f- was the resurrection, but I was, it was a seven year relationship, just ended, Oof. moved in with my grandma. God, I can't imagine you with a long-term girlfriend i know Whatever. i haven't had one in four years i've never seen it either <laughs> no boo-boo-hee-boo. she's gone thank god go ahead <laughs> um living with my grandma and then working literally for, living with his grandma and um then uh, working for judy carter and you know i love judy and there was a lot of uh, ups and downs with that job but through Judy Carter, I met Rita. Right. And you sent me a resume once. And people people send me their resumes and they think I'm just a bitch because I don't get back to them. But the fact is I save them. I have a place I save them, but work is really crazy. I mean, you know, James, I'm fucking, look at me. I'm, I'm drowning. There's there's just no time. And people think I forget about them, but I don't. And I, you sent me your resume and something that sent me was like a fucking weird, amazing little angel said, <laughs> well, the lab opened up. So and the it, lab was Second City, and then yeah, Second City, and then they they outgrew us. We had a great time with Second City. They were there with us a decade. They had classes there. Um, we didn't have a liquor license over there, but we worked with Second City, and it was so much fun. But then God bless them, they outgrew us, and they went and got their own space. 
And then the space sat there for a few years. And they would always say, hey, do you think you could do something with that space? Well, you know, in our main room, we have the logo and you have to be careful with what you, you know, we want to have fun, but you have to put what's in front of that logo. You have to make sure because it's the improv, it's a brick wall. Right. We want to make sure that it's seasoned and it's, and it's ready. But there, there wasn't a place that people could play and be free and let us try to find those, those new gems, you know? And they said, well, what do you think? Do you think that you could put shows in there? And I remember, I remember thinking to myself, oh my God, I'm working 80 hours a week. Fuck you, I can't come up with any more shows. But then something, Jamie, because I didn't know you that well. I had worked with you. But something told me, God, I get Jamie. There's something about it. And I looked at your, remember I called you. And I said, hey, what would you think about having some fun with a little, the space? Just, and it was just on. And you, this kid, I've been through a lot of bookers and he's, <laughs> he's this kid, let me tell you. But <laughs> Jamie, you're there and you love it. And it, it's the difference between, and I've had some wonderful bookers, but for the real bookers are there at nighttime when it's happening and seeing and, and, and saying hello to the comics and being in that whole environment. And I haven't had that in a really long time. So, Well, there's ups and downs with that. Like there'll be three weeks where I'm there every night and then a week where I'm not there where I need to, you know, you disconnect. take a week off here and there, but you you really stay very connected. Well, I tell this to a lot of people, and maybe we'll, this will wrap up this segment with this. But um, when they first offered me the opportunity to book the main room, I, I was I kind of scoffed at it. I was like, ah, it's mainstream comedy. I like the alty shit and the independent scene. And <laughs> but look what we can do now. And and I've learned more about comedy and, and have more appreciation for for clubs. And it's helped me. And this is what I kind of preach is I'm really trying to, you know, bridge the gap between the independent world right. and the club world. And that's not, that's paying homage to the past. Right. And understanding. But I think that's what the great balance is between you and I is you're <laughs> showing me the future and forward thinking. And I'm like, wait, motherfucker, don't forget about this. Like, it's just, <laughs> boom. It's, I think that we are really heading into something incredible. Well, Aww. I think this is a really good performance review you're getting, Jamie. I know. <laughs> I think I need some more wine. I just ate. I, I was so hungry, Jamie. This is how my, I've never done a podcast before. I had a fucking you're crackers and a Slim Jim as my dinner. Can you smell the Slim Jim on my breath? No. Not at all. I was. I was like, holy shit. This is a. This is like pickles and pepperoni together. Amber, I heard you talking about the people that have children. Let me just say this now because I'm buzzed. Oh, cool. Fuck the people that have children sometimes because you know what I hate? I'm sorry. Don't get me wrong. I love children. Just have, you know, we had three babies born in the past year, first time in 30 years in a pure Sicilian family. We're very happy. But I am so fucking sick of people that don't have kids that will look at me like I have less of an idea of what love is. Well, you don't have children. Rita, you don't have children. No, I don't have children, but I know how to love. I will love, fuck, talk better than any person that has any fucking children. I'm so tired of it. I heard you yeah, talk yeah. about it. Really pushed a yeah, hot yeah, button yeah, in me. Because yeah. I'm, in, I'm in my early 40s. And people that have kids are like, oh, you just couldn't understand. You don't have kids. Right. I couldn't understand the idea of an empty Christmas because I don't have kids. I don't understand what it feels like to be sad or for somebody else to be hurt, be hurt because I haven't given birth to somebody. Such bullshit. Anyway, cheers. <laughs> I get why you like Eddie. <laughs> <laughs> that was a very Eddie-esque rant. Um, also, at that birthday party, I met someone you know. We'll talk about it off air. Right, I just realized wait. that. So I look forward to that. All right, she well, this sounds boobs. like an amazing place to take a quick break, and we'll be back 
in just a moment with more show. For the third and final segment of this very special episode of The Long Shot, this is a part of the show that we call Parting Shots. We love to call it that Mm-mm-mm. for many reasons, <laughs> which I'll get into in another episode. <laughs> Amber. Yes. Would you enlighten us with a parting shot? Sure. Well, first of all, I want to say that this whole episode, I mean, everybody is egocentric and thinks that everything's about them. But has felt like a, okay, Amber, you got to like get your shit together a little bit. And like, it's been inspiring and uh, empowering. So thank you. I love that. But um, the other thing is on Wednesday, I'm not promoting it because this will come out like in a month. But on Wednesday, I'm doing a character showcase at IO, which is a big deal for me in the sense that I've I've kind of had the narrative of like, I don't do characters. I'm not good at characters. And um, I've just kind of decided to stop saying that. And I'm doing it and I'm excited. And whatever happens, it's a victory because I'm doing it. But uh, I think it'll go well. Well, we'll be the judge of that. Why don't we do a quick preview? (laughs) Seven characters. uh, Give me your game in 35 seconds. Well, this was uh, a kid that I heard in line when I went to see Frozen, he was like, uh, no lie, Frozen is a girl movie. It's got like princesses and shit, yo. Uh, two, two for Frozen, please. <laughs> Literally, they were really? behind us when we saw Frozen. How old was he? Like eight. Oh, it's the cutest <laughs> though. I love little eight-year-olds with attitude. He had like um, sincere panic too. Like it wasn't like he was chalking him out of it because he just thought it was lame. Like he was just like, I'm going to turn into a girl. Like he was <laughs> so, so desperate. He's there with, with, for two? I was like, uh, can I use my debit card? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Seriously. One more character. Come on, one more. No, 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 no. No, you have six no. more characters. You can't do one more. Okay, I could do my niece, Bridget. Niece, Bridget? Mm-hmm. We love nieces, Bridget. Is he related Go. to nephew, nephew? Frank? No, someone we're going to book what at the improv. This child looking me in the face here. <laughs> That's Frank. Oh, my God. A truckload love. That's what his shirt says. Frank Franklin, California. I, this is, the, the, by the way, this is a, uh, sent to me my friend Eric. This is Franklin, California. But in this day and age, this is this is the so outfit cute. that I got for this baby. And <laughs> oh, then I get a really? picture with him in the outfit that I got him. Do you think they sent a picture to everyone in the outfit they I got I can only them? imagine, yeah. Or did everyone like get that outfit? Look at this. Oh, yeah, look Here. at it. No, everybody got this. Look, at this is on art. Read like, it. You won best outfit. Hi, Uncle Jamie. Thank you very much for my cool outfit. I wear it a lot. You're a good friend, and I appreciate your kind gift. I'm excited to see you again soon. Oh, my God. That baby made personalized postcards. Your pal, Franklin One Sock Stewart. So cute. Anyway, um, give, give us your niece. Hi, I'm Bridget. I'm 11 years old, and everyone wants to be me. <laughs> Hotel for Dogs was good. You wanna Is that your really her. Your niece? Yeah. <laughs> I'm 11 years old. I want to beat her. No, B, 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 B. No, I want to beat her. <laughs> after Rita wants to be. She's very, um, she's not 11 anymore. 
But it's it's not funny if she's 17. Oh, well, once you get to be 13, 14, girls generally yeah. mellow out, but right? But she was like that at a young age, and that was what was funny. You get it. Jokes, etc. Well, great. We got an impression and a review of oh a recent movie. <laughs> recent. <laughs> um, and that's your parting shot? Yeah. All right, cool. That was great. Thank Thanks. you. Um, moving to the other side of the table. Rita. Hmm. What is your parting shot? My parting shot is I realize how much my whole day could be fucking ruined by a fucking kid that I'm not sure if he has autism or not. I came out of my house. <laughs> hey. Came out of my house. Came out of my house the other morning and I walked down to my car and um, I was actually in a really great mood and there was my neighbor and she had, he probably was seven or eight years old and they were on the sidewalk looking like they were building a train and I was on my way to work and I said, hi, good morning. Just getting into my car. Right. And he goes, shut up. And he's his face, his eyebrows knit into one, you know, knit oh, together. Man. And I said, I literally, I thought somebody hit me in the, in the face. I said, excuse, excuse me. And he goes, get out of here. <gasps> Leave us alone. And I remember his, but here, that wasn't, you know, he's a kid. <laughs> but this so is what mean. struck me is his mother looked at me and she just looked really, she did not look powerful at all. She looked very weak and, and apologetic and she goes oh sorry he's having a day <laughs> no i thought you know that's my, why my mom is the mac daddy motherfucker yeah. because if somebody said good morning to me and i was seven years old and i go get away from get away from us she would have dislocated my fucking arm out of my <laughs> shoulder and i just couldn't believe that she was apologizing for him instead of grabbing him and saying say good morning to this lady it sounds more but like Tourette's. Than it was, uh, I, I literally, you guys, it was so weird that I thought this kid has to be special. That was today? Uh, just this oh, okay. week, but it's really affected me. Totally. I thought, is this kid, I mean, does he have a learning disability or right. is he somehow not connected, you know, mentally? Well, and even when you know better, it hurts your feelings. I was like, unbelievable. And that is starting. It really is a beautiful thing getting older. I mean, I wish I had my 20-year-old body, but I would never want my 20-year-old head. Yeah. I love the head where I'm at, and I love everything that I'm learning and becoming, you know, the wisdom that you get as you get older. Imagine in 20 more years, I'll be a fucking awesome. Jedi. I'll be a <laughs> fucking Jedi. But <laughs> that that is my parting is, if you're children, if we don't teach our kids, and I don't have kids, not saying that I want kids, but fucking teach your kids to say hello back yeah. or have some just comments. Or at least not like scream at them to I get out of here. I couldn't believe face. it, you guys. My Italian mother no. would have, I would have been unconscious. <laughs> your mom too, Jane. Oh, I know. I've met Vicky. Like I would have been <laughs> on my fucking back. Vicky's come on this podcast and rapped. Oh my God. <laughs> I love your mother. She's the best. Yeah, she is. She actually wrote a whole new rap about being middle-aged. Or not middle-aged. But, I was uh, like, middle-aged is just- about being in your 60s. <laughs> yeah. It's like she literally wrote it and sent it to me and like I have a Word document with a full rap and it's brilliant. Oh my God. And I'll yeah, have to she's something special it. and your dad too. Yeah, they're great. I mean, they look like they still make out. Oh, God damn it, out. they're cute. They're adorbs. Yep. Um, and they have a good recipe in you. Look at that recipe, mama. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I have a lot of chromosomes. Um, well, Rita, this has been so much fun. Uh, what's your parting shot? Yeah, what's your parting? I didn't even think of parting shot. My Do parting shot is, well, Rita, you've been so great to be here. Hmm. I think not enough people know who you are. Um, in LA, I think people know you in the comedy community. 
But I would argue that you are as important to comedy as Mitzi Shore. As... Oh, God. Be very, very careful. I, no, I, I at just, least in the last 20 years, I think... I um, just love them so much that I want to kind of carry that on toward, you know... What you add to the comedy community in L.A. is akin to Bud Friedman and Jamie Massad and all the club people and even, you know, the UCBs and all these... Like, you are such an integral part of the comedy world. And um, so I'm, I'm honored that you're the first... This is the first podcast you've done. I oh, it is. It's I'm really like... cool. I think you should do the circuit because I think you have a, so many amazing stories. You're really funny. And you're Ow. fucking funny as hell. I work with her every day in this office. It's insane. Just so racist. We just. <laughs> I did. Mean, that was a terrible word. I didn't mean it like that. I'm just saying we say what's on our mind in the real world. I mean, Jane, come on. That's not racist. Off the record. Um, but we definitely take other races down a notch. Um, <laughs> no, what I'm saying is we have fun with each other and we don't take each other too seriously. No, I'm literally like making weird sounds most of the day. I could imagine. And weird. No, I'm serious. That comes with my. That comes from my time with Pablo. I literally make sounds, and you guys are used to it now, because I'll be like, <laughs> and then that just means I'm happy, and they're totally <laughs> fine with that. Well, I saw Pablo Francisco. I didn't even know who Pablo was, you know, until I really started booking the main room. He's so funny. And um, you know, he's a brilliant comic, and just you know, he's very big and effusive, and sound effects and, and animated and animated. Yeah. But I've only seen you in the office right and so, so much the... so so much that when i saw pablo he was doing an impression of you right <laughs> it was crazy um well thank you rita this has been so much fun thanks you guys i had a blast you're not gonna ask for oh nugget? and um, you know, i guess she's given like a thousand you nuggets. have but um <laughs> i guess at the end of every show i ask every guest um in your years of experience and mm. this can be comedy related or not or just life distill down maybe one nugget of truth um Maybe something that you use in your everyday life that you would uh, impart to us here at this table Jesus, and to our listeners. <laughs> pressure. <laughs> um, okay. Uh, something simple. I'm not going to, you know, start praying about this or pull out my rosary. How about this? <laughs> Don't ask me if it's funny. Tell me that it's funny. How's that? That's really good. You mentioned that earlier. and it is. It's. Don't ask me if it's funny. Tell me that it's funny. And... I'll believe you. Yeah. People come to laugh. Tell them it's funny. Totally. That's very subtle and very important. I'm going to slam the rest of this wine and I'm going to go raid the liquor store on the corner. You're very lucky. And there's more Slim Jims and you have a liquor store with. It's not liquor store, by the way. They got goldfish. They got your Slim Jims, but they do not have liquor or beer or wine. And oh. it's called the eye market, by the way. I know. I thought I only sold iPhones at first. It's really, really weird. It's like it's definitely not futuristic. <laughs> and I know. And how cool is this apartment, Jim? You're so close, isn't it, to where we are, to where we work? And you know, there's a part of me that's been thinking, God, you know, because I live on Mount Washington, mm. which deep. is oh, it's deep. But I have skunks and raccoons. It's the best kept secret. It's like fucking quiet and beautiful. <laughs> skunks, their odors. I love it. I'm the skunk whisperer. They come and they hang out. But <laughs> I thought, God, maybe I need to live closer to work. Because I used to live in Redondo Beach with Pops, and then I moved out there. I moved to um, Mount Washington. But I thought maybe I need to move closer to work. So this is a great fucking space, comfortable. And I thought, man, maybe I need to get, you know, into the groove. But then I was just outside smoking a cigarette. And I heard one of your neighbors pull up. <laughs> and this is what he said. Oh, my God, the new Prius is so sick. <laughs> and I thought, all right, I can't live in a... Fucking apartment. <laughs> oh my God, the new Prius is so sick. Fair enough. 
I mean, he made a good point. <laughs> he did make a good point. I mean, the uh, aerodynamics on that thing are in top notch. Well, this has been a great fun episode. So Thank you for joining us, Rita. Thank you for asking. And uh, thanks for Hori and Alex. And uh, be, on behalf of me and Amber and Sean, wherever you are, have a wonderful, wonderful day. Hmm? Or night. Or midday. You can come, why don't we do like a, a slow fade out as I, or 2 p.m., 3 p.m., maybe it's 11 a.m., 2 a.m., 1 a.m. I'm the one producing it, so I'll be doing the fade out. 7 a.m., 6 a.m., 8 p.m. <laughs> Thank you. For past and future episodes of The Longshot Podcast, join us online at thelongshotpodcast.com.